Well, nobody's got a freaking store. Yeah, well, like, I mean, no way. Like, who the hell do you know if they actually people, defined, defined a proper store, right? Like, I mean, well, I mean, it's it, I, I see opportunity. I mean, well, it's, it's huge opportunity. I mean, think of it from a BDC perspective. This is where the market department of BDC has literally got to work with each other, mm-hmm. right? right? If the market department is only sending out, you know, ten thousand dollars worth of ads that says, you know, buy this C class for five ninety nine a month lease. So, so that means the incoming people that you're going to be talking to from the BBC are price sensitive. Dude, that's the only thing they give a shit about. Yep, agreed. For freshly brewed discussion on automotive sales and marketing, this is Coffee with Jason. The Coffee with Jason podcast is sponsored by Closers Coffee. For that full-bodied, rich, sweet flavor with a bright acidity. Drink Closers Coffee, stay caffeinated, and keep on closing. Find out more at closerscoffee.ca. Hey, what's going on, Podcast Nation? It is Jason Harris here with Digital Dealership Solutions. Hey, thanks for joining me on another episode of Coffee with Jason. Now, today I have a very special guest. I have a Quebec BDC pioneer master of everything, uh, Mr. Sean Armourer. Thank you. Did I say that right? You absolutely nailed it. Yes, and nailed it. <laughs> Sean, for everybody that's listening or watching right now, if you kind of give us just kind of that, that quick intro story about you and the industry and stuff like that so we have some context, and then, bam, we're going to go straight into our conversation today. Cool, let's do it. Uh, thanks for having me, uh, first things first. Uh, so this year, real quick, celebrating 17 years in the business. Uh, started off washing cars and just worked my craft on the way up. Uh, asked a lot of questions. Uh, it was an accident, actually. I was getting out of school in marketing, actually, funny enough. And um, when I couldn't find work at the time, my little brother got me a job uh, washing cars in one of the bigger uh, dealer groups here in Montreal. <laughs> and then uh, the, the rest is history. So I went from, uh, I, like I said, I studied my craft. I went from car washer to jockey. Uh, I did the appointments. I was receptionist. I did uh, advisor for about two years service manager for about a year and a half at Lexus. Uh, I built the BDC that they still operate with today. That was uh, many moons ago, as we could say, at my age. And um, yeah, ever since then, I've just been navigating through this this awesome uh, dealership automotive world. And uh, now I've actually built, uh, I'm on my fourth BDC build for uh, some of Canada's uh, largest groups, actually. So it's been uh, an exciting ride. And this is an awesome industry, isn't it? Like, I mean, I, it is. You know, it's I mean, very, uh, it's very esoteric. It's very specific. Um, <laughs> it is, but you know, it's it's one of those things that once it gets in your blood, it never kind of go- gets out. Like, uh, um, we, we are definitely an island of misfit toys. And <laughs> it, I, my kids were just watching that the other day, so like, I just it was yeah, it just came up. I'm like, that just that it just seems like us so much, right? There's just all these fun different personalities and just yeah. there there are people that are, there are people out there that are super passionate and there are people that are just kind of get into it and then they don't really let it soak into them and they bounce right. out of it and yeah and, you know I'm so glad that we got a chance to jam because you know I've been wanting to do a lot more content on BDC and I just hate to say it there's just not a whole lot of people out there that's putting you know, real relevant content out there about BDC. And I still think for a lot of dealerships, it's a bit of a mystery, especially here in Canada. You know, I mean, yeah. I, I can't tell you how many times I've gone into a dealership and I've been told that, oh, yeah, we got a BDC. Oh, man, that's great. Let me, let me check out your uh, your setup here, what you're doing. And come to find out, there is no business development actually going on. It is mm-hmm. just, 
It is just literally handling inbound emails. It's more like an internet <laughs> department. That's what it is. It's more of like an internet department. And um, you, yeah, go ahead, sir. No, no, and it's, they never kind of really embraced the whole concept of business dev, how we actually develop mm, business. Mm. And I know you have tons of experience in this and tons of some great ideas about doing yeah. this. But today we wanted to talk a little bit about how digital marketing and the BDC, you know, uh, literally kind of marry each other, grab each other at the hand, start skipping down the, you know, the row of cars and how we collectively work together. So mm -hmm. I'll let you go ahead and get started and tell, share, me, share some of your thoughts and opinions about how the digital marketing department and BDC work side by side with each other. Right. Well, um, great question, by the way. Um, man, we could go in so many different ways right now. You loaded me up. Um, all right. Well, let's start with this, the easy stuff. Well, the easy stuff. The core purpose, really. Um, so I've, um, through trials and tribulations, there's a lot of uh, trial and error that went into the last 17 years. So um, I don't necessarily... Um, coin myself an expert or a guru like a lot of people online um, but I will absolutely accept uh, the term pioneer um, I like pioneer I like oh, practitioner too can we use that one too yeah for I sure. like that because you know there are a lot of people that just kind of talk about it but don't actually do it and I find that exactly. you're that person you're that person that not only talks about it but is from but you talk about it from a place of experience you do it and done it yeah you know? and it's funny that you mentioned experience and, and I'll answer your question in a second but I think what's really important for anybody listening or for whoever's going to see this to understand, um, humbly speaking, the only reason why I feel that um, I'm a practitioner or uh, let's, I like to refer to myself as an alchemist, if you will, a BDC alchemist, right? <laughs> I so like that's a good one too. I make something out of nothing, right? So, um, so many man hours went into this. Um, I've cried at work. I've had breakdowns. I've wanted to give up so many times. Like there's so much, like I've been scolded by GMs or yelled at by customers or been called every name in the book, but I'm still here, you know, and I'm still battling. And what I've had the luxury actually over the years to have stuck with it for one. And number two, to really hone in on my craft. Mm -hmm. um, my approach when I physically build these, these BDCs, I should have, should I name drop dealerships or not? I don't care. Go for it. All right. Well, um, I've, I've built uh, the BDC for the Delari Group of Companies, uh, biggest probably held. Currently, mm -hmm. right now, I'm over at Silver Star Mercedes-Benz, biggest Mercedes-Benz dealership in Canada. I think uh, I've heard of them. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> um, Spinelli Group as well, and uh, Ash Gregoire. You know, I broke my teeth over uh, with John and the guys over there. These guys are doing awesome stuff. So That's very cool. I've been exposed to so many um, different elements, and I've kind of found my own little niche where I've put everything together over the last 17 years, and I've come up with, with my own kind of sauce. So to answer your question, the, the relationship among other ones in the dealer uh, between marketing and BDC, a lot of just people, unfortunately, put the BDC in the back of the room. And we don't talk about it. You know, usually it's a girl or it's a guy, 15, 16 years old. Here, it's a call center guy. Just answer phone, answer <laughs> emails, right? Yeah. However, it's like you don't put baby in the corner. Yeah, uh, <laughs> baby hungry. <laughs> but but if the thing is, the way I see things is, marketing department, be it digital, traditional, whatever it is, marketing. Um, delivers the message um, or delivers the value or the story of the dealership and the BDC actually receives it or receives the engagement of that message. Mm -hmm. So just based on that definition, 
How am I not meeting with the marketing manager every other day? How is a BDC manager not trying to understand Google Analytics or getting completely immersed and involved in what they do? Um, oh, that's very true. You know, I mean, look, when we talk of a strategy, and it's it's funny because I actually had a, a very similar conversation the other day. We were in a uh, 2020 session, right, getting people ready for the new year. Yeah, and. Um, I had a new car manager there. I had the used car manager, the service manager. And I'm like, well, where's the parts manager? And they didn't have a BDC. But I was like, well, where's the parts manager? They're like, oh, well, he doesn't need to be in this conversation. I'm like, Incredible. Me? Incredible. Like, so so it, this idea that these departments, including the BDC, is, are like these little islands. Yeah. And they're just kind of treated kind of as that. And it's like we row our boat over to the island when we actually have to have a conversation. Yeah. Um, but it's like getting them collectively all together in the same mm -hmm. room and identifying holistically what our goal and objectives are and identifying how each department uh, is going to help support whatever those goals and objectives are. You know, like, I mean, how many times I've seen a new car department view the BDC as just kind of a, uh, not really what they do, but just kind of an extension. It's just like an add-on. It's, like, it's yeah. like the service department, how they treat the parts department, right? Yeah. They don't Absolutely. treat it as a profit center. It's just kind of there to, to provide me what I need. Yeah, which know? is the craziest thing because the service department is, is the biggest customer of the parts department. Exactly. So and it's, they, it's, how, it's the same thing talking? with the BDC. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's the same thing with the BDC. The BDC is the biggest customer for the sales department. A, a strong BDC? I mean, mm -hmm. the, I, I think the last numbers that I got, because um, I always don't, I hope my uh, employees don't see this. <laughs> I always blow up my numbers, like 15%, but <laughs> the last numbers, <laughs> damn, the last numbers um, that I came across is the, the sold closing ratio or conversion, if you will, um, is it roughly around the 20-25% area, right? So um, I tend... Of, of, of total opportunities that the dealership has taken? That's correct. Right. Exactly. So I'm actually right now, um, I got to gloat a bit, you know, I'm actually right now in the, in between 30 to 35% consistently every month. Of, of the opportunities coming through the door is what the BDC generates. Versus sold, correct. Now, 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 with that said, though, what is the closing ratio um, on opportunities the BDC has created versus closing ratios of just people who physically walk through the door? Oh, what are you talking about walk-ins? Yeah. I don't do walk-ins. See, that's funny you don't know that. See, that's what I'm saying. And, and, and no, it's nothing to do with you at all. No, right? of course not. It's, course it's the not. fact that dealership doesn't think that's necessary to share. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, it, it's, it's, it's just... Every customer is going to be a BDC customer. I don't give a shit. Every opportunity is eventually going to talk to the BDC. It's yep. either going to be before the sale, it's going to be after the sale, it's going to be before the service, it's going to be after the service, right? But it's why, I don't understand why we keep them in the back as kind of like these, these hidden individuals that you'll eventually get some phone call into. You're going to love this. I was at a Honda dealership the other day. I had a BDC and it was actually right up front in the showroom where the old sales office was. Okay. So you walked by and you saw all these people making phone calls. So you could see it from the service department, you could see it from the sales department, and people just like just see there's a lot of action going on there. Yeah. It was actually a part of the process to tell people like we have this customer care department. This is how much this is how much we care. Look how many how look how much we care. There are like nine people in there right now. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And I know from experience because I can answer maybe half of your question. Um, and I know from experience, well, here in Quebec anyway. Um, apparently it's like a special kind of uh, uh, 
industry here in Quebec. Like we're, we're different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'm surprised I'm talking to you in English. It's just um, from what I understand, and there's one uh, um, one large automotive group here in Quebec, um, and this gentleman, hats off to him. Uh, he swears by his BDC mm-hmm. so much so that it's literally um, under lock. I mean, you know, like one of those keypads to get in. Yeah. And 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 you know what? I could kind of understand it because you the core purpose of a BDC at the end of the day, service or sales, doesn't matter. The core purpose of a BDC is to drive consistent traffic to both sales and the service department. Mm-hmm. Now, in order to do that, the BDC must remain free of what I like to refer to as corruption or friction. That's a good point. I don't want the salesman up here. I don't want them calling. You know what? You want to call, you want to talk to my guys? Talk to them through the CRM. Talk to them through the notes that you're supposed mm-hmm. to leave. I mean, what else? Like, because there's too much backdooring that can go on. Oh know? yeah, of course. And and it cannot it, it, it cannot be corrupt. It cannot be corrupted. You guys want to talk to me? Well, my manager will talk to you guys when you have your sales meeting. Like, all the more reason for the BDC manager to be there, right? Um, well, it's 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 defined and documented form of communication, and this is kind of what we were talking about earlier when we were saying, you know, the, the marketing department and the BDC have to go hand in hand with each other. Yeah. Like I literally see them holding hands and skipping through the dealership. Um, <laughs> that's what I said. how I picture it, and it's like that's the kind of relationship that I want the marketing department and the BDC department to have too. But at the same time, that's also the same type of relationship that I want all the departments to have. Of course, yeah, I want them, you know, all kind of connected at the hip with each other and holding hands and doing everything collectively you know together it's more if, if no minds how, are better than one how do they know what's working and what's not working yeah i mean i mean this industry is so volatile like one month for some unknown reason a bunch mm-hmm. of people walked in the next month they don't okay hold on guys what happened let's try and reproduce this but when the left hand is not talking to the right hand one guy has one version of events. One guy has another version of events. Um, uh, God forbid that you have vendors as your marketing department, right? And yep. I'm not against marketing. Super, I love you guys. You're super important. But I have built such a solid foundation with my current vendors right now um, that they we're at a point right now where they just send me data before I ask for it. Sure. Because they know how critical it is. Like I'm going to be building my strategy uh, for this month within the first two, three days. Mm-hmm. So you're going to be waiting from a sales perspective. You're going to be waiting from the uh, OEM, uh, manuf- whatever kind of discounts or rebates or programs uh, that they're going to be having. And I need to be ready with, okay, my Google Analytics all in my mind, all the numbers in my head. Yep. Right. So we only have three days to iron out what our strategy is going to be. And then the marketing guy takes off and just does whatever it is that you guys do with your fancy pictures and uh, call to action buttons, which is very cool. But I would, I'm not a marketing guy, but I would assume that doesn't take just one day. So, if no, you, no, 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 we're trying to be very proactive. I'm surprised you guys take three days. We're usually about a whole quarter or two out. Some dealerships, I'm a whole 12 months out. Um, yeah, but without without the manufacturer programs, you would, you would, I don't really I care. I don't really care about the manufacturer really? programs. Because look, they are what they are. I got yeah. no freaking control over them. All right. The manufacturers sometimes will put out a good one and sometimes put out a shitty one. Yeah. And like I personally have no control over that whatsoever, right? But I do have control of what the dealership says. 
I have no control what the manufacturer says, but I do have control what the dealership says. That's what I'm so saying. talking about this story. So, so yeah, exactly. So, we, look, look, I was talking, someone asked me today, like, what, like, Jason, how can I sell more cars? I'm like, going, wow, that's a pretty vague and just <laughs> blatantly open question. Like, I, I, I'm the like, same way I can have four wives, right? I'm like, yeah, I'm like, okay, I got to give him something. Let me give him something, something that he can at least chew on, take back, and, you know, they start executing. At the end of the day, it was just like, what, what's the value proposition? He's like, what do you mean? I said, look, there's three people buy anything because of a perceived value. That's it. That's yeah. all it is. They Just buy they buy everything because of what the perceived value is. And and I say perceived because they don't buy off of actual value because if they did, they'd buy entirely different things. They they buy off of the perceived value. And it's the perceived value that they have in the product. It's the perceived value that they have in doing business with you as an individual. And it's mm-hmm. the perceived value that they see in doing business with your dealership versus one of the other 15 XYZ, locations yeah. in, in, you know, in there, right? If you focus on just identifying and being able to effectively communicate those value propositions, you're going to sell more cars. Does that help? It's like, yeah. I said, okay, well, you got to go document. You got to actually define it. Like, I highly <laughs> doubt your dealership has defined what the value proposition is doing business with them versus doing that business. Oh, with them. It's these, 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 this is marketing. This is messaging that comes from you, not from the manufacturer. Manufacturer will... You want to have even reactive, right? Like, yeah. we're working with the Chrysler dealership, and they'll change the programs on you three times in a month because they feel like it's not. Yeah, really- exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and you know what? You nailed it right on the head, man. And this is what I think a lot of people are not doing. I understand right now that the industry is going through this, this juggernaut of change with e-commerce and online buying, and do we do it? And from traditional marketing to digital marketing, and even that's changing because within the digital marketing world, now we have to go heavily, um, one of the buzzwords now for 2020, I believe, behavioral marketing, you know? I I was exposed to how that works, like the logistics, I love it. Very cool, very cool, very scary, but very cool. So I, I just feel that two things, dealerships don't have a story. Well, nobody's got a freaking story. Yeah, well, like I mean, no way. Like, who the hell buy, do you know if they actually people, defined defined a proper story, right? Like, I mean, well, I mean, it's it. I, I see opportunity. I mean, well, it's it's huge opportunity. And think of it from a BDC perspective. And this is where the marketing department, of BDC, literally got to work with each other, mm-hmm. right? All right, if the marketing department out there is only sending out, you know, ten thousand dollars worth of ads that says, you know, buy this C class for five ninety nine a month lease. So, so that means the incoming people that you're going to be talking to from the BDC are price sensitive. That's the only thing they give a shit about. Yep, agreed. Because it's the only message that's being shared out there, agreed. right? Like, I mean, I, I would say that, and that now I'm not saying that we shouldn't put some messaging out there, but when we're talking about the overall messaging for a dealership, probably only 15% of that should actually be price. Yeah. No, I totally agree with you because, and, and this is what you this is um, a good segue. Number two, I don't even think that dealerships, I, I'm going to go a little bit too hard there, but maybe the marketing, whoever's doing the marketing for the dealership, I don't think truly understands who the, who, who their customer is. Who are you talking to? Why yeah. would they care? Like, it, it comes down to fundamentally how these vendors and how the agencies make money, right? Correct. Like, they, they don't make money on actual results. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like, this is... <laughs> Oh man, you it's should, just be, like, you should like, be in our meetings, man. I'm <laughs> fighting these guys all the time, man. But you're so right, absolutely, hundred percent. There's no value proposition for them, all right, to need to improve or do better for you. 
Yeah. Right? As long as they collect their percentage of your actual monthly ad spend, who what they don't get, no, don't even get me started on percentage of monthly ad spend. Too. Yeah, well listen, bullshit reporting because you know they're they're reporting, okay, Jason Harris looked at five cars, it's five opportunities. Oh, is it really? So Jason could fing drive five cars at the same time? Like, come on guys, you're gonna but, come but, in here with this fluff. It's fluff. Because there's never been a defined goal and objective. Correct. And that's like, where like, BDC comes in, my friend. Exactly. Like, I can go to my BDC and say, look, guys, uh, in December last year, all right, we did 172 test drives on C-classes. Mm. All right. This year, I want to do 245 mm. test drives on C-classes. Now, I say test drive. Did you see I did not say sales? I did not say sales because it's not the responsibility of the of the BDC to sell a fucking car for me. Jason, hallelujah, right? man. You're the first guy to really say I was just battling people on LinkedIn. They're like, no, uh, cradle to grave, BDC selling. I'm like, oh, my God, you guys are just not getting it. Why do you think the BDC was created originally? The BDC was designed to create opportunities, and there's nothing wrong with that, right? Yeah. But for them to create opportunities, they have to have a very well-defined value proposition. Look, a, a customer wants to chew, mo- uh, chew on more than just price of something. I mean, you think about it, right? Like, okay, cool. So now I go to my BDC. I'm like, hey, I need 245 test drives this month from the C-class. What's the plan? Well, all right, you know, naturally you're going to get about 170. So we're looking for an increase of, um, well, let's let's just say we're going to make it easy. Let's say an increase of 100. We're just, we want to do 100. We know that gives us a little flex room in between there, right? So then mm-hmm. what 100 or 200 people do I need to talk to so that I can potentially, in, so I can bring that test drive, I can bring that opportunity into the dealership. But let's talk about the test drive because I feel like the test drive is one of the most important part yeah. of, of, of any experience. It's one it's it's when a customer goes from buyer or sorry when a customer goes from shopper and they flip and they turn into buyer right and it's like for some other reason we do a whole shit job of actually building value in the test drive a bdc needs to know that they need to know what's the story behind the test drive i'm trying to convince people to schedule this thing yeah right but what is my value proposition to the consumer for them wanting to test drive we all know what the value proposition on the service to schedule it is yeah because you're not going to sit around and wait forever. Yeah, that's right. Well, you know what? And, and you, you nailed it on the head. And uh, I, I have to say this. I have to say this. And hopefully this gets out to a lot of people, right? Um, and, and I absolutely accept constructive criticism or just dickhead criticism. I don't care. Bring it on. But it's very simple. Um, managers do things right. Leaders do the right things. And the, reason okay, why and the reason why I'm saying that, it's very important. I'm not trying to be pompous, but it's very important because every BDC absolutely needs a manager. Okay, but every, I guess we can call it a larger BDC, needs a BDC director. Now, what that means is essentially the manager is just going to run day-to-day operations and the director, uh, I guess, someone such as myself, I'm looking at long term. I'm looking at two, three, four months down the road. Where are we? What are we doing? And how can we make it better? Someone's got to focus on the growth aspect of it. Correct. And I think that's where a lot of people are going wrong. So to you, to add to your question, the minute that you just gave me that small synopsis and you said, okay, well, you know, 170 are going to come in. Where are the other 100 going to come from? I swear to you, Jason, immediately in my mind, even if it was just an example, I actually have the answer. You know what I mean? It's just like, my mind is just always on yeah. You know, BDC for me is not something I do. It's something I live. Truly and unequivocally. 
what happens is when a BDC has uh, it's it's about training, mm-hmm. right? And it's about <sighs> I had to go toe to toe with a couple of uh, how do you want to call them uh, GMs on this one. I don't believe in scripts. I don't. I don't either. I, I hate them. I I cannot stand scripts. However, not to be reckless, giving an agent a certain framework to work within the company processes and standards, I agree. But I challenge every single BDC vendor and company out there, and this is a personal challenge I'm giving you. Um, If you're still using scripting to this day, it's because you lack in the ability to effectively hire the right agents. Or develop them or train them. Or develop them or train them. Yeah, I, I I completely agree. Look, if you guys just want robots, there are computers that will do what you guys want them to do. Correct. You know, so but like I don't, but that's not what a BDC. Look, people are not they're not looking to talk to a robot. They're looking to talk to another human being. Correct. So if you don't give them the ability to communicate within that that construct of actual human to human conversation, and they are literally like it, it's the difference for me between a call center and a BDC. It's okay. two different things, man. Two totally it's different things. Completely two uh, different things. Call center is literally a robotic series of just transactional relationship. Over and over and over and over and over and over mm-hmm. and over. Right? So it's like, do you want a call center or do you want a BC? Because they're entirely different. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Entirely different. One focuses on a transaction, the other one's on a relationship. Very mm-hmm. simple. Call center to me, because I do this, like my interviews with my agents, future prospects, um, is about an hour and a half. And um, I've just, again, over 17 years, I've studied my craft, I've tried things, I've screwed up a lot, <laughs> but I've actually found something that wor- clearly works for me. I mean, I keep getting um, um, pulled in by, by Canada's largest dealerships. I mean, I, I must be doing something right. So um, essentially none of them is where do you see yourself in five years or this or that, but it's more about the person. Like what are yeah. you doing? What are you doing here right now? Why why are you sitting? You should see how they look at me. <laughs> First of all, I don't call them interviews. I call them conversation, because we're we're two adults. And so there's just two people talking. It's just two people talking. So who am I to sit on my high horse? So I'm the director, and uh, yeah, okay, and you know what I mean. Like so, it's really about marrying their passion and where they want to be with where I want to be as a BDC director. Because that's, that's what a real BDC does. A real BDC creates connections. Yes. It does not create leads. Correct. So so dealerships need to understand this, that this is like we just got done doing a, um, a sales event for a dealership, and they weren't happy necessarily with the, the amount of appointments that we generated. And I was like, okay, fair enough, right? But, mm. okay, so we did schedule this amount of appointments, but we also identified this amount of opportunities correct for you guys to have some real conversations with these people that you've never had in the past so we're like okay i understand why don't we value these opportunities over here i mean i had legitimate opportunities where people really wanted to have an actual conversation with someone yeah. to discuss you know what were the opportunities for them to upgrade or or correct one I had one someone just a daughter was looking for a new car and they yeah. just wanted to have a conversation with someone but no, nobody in the dealership wanted to have an effing conversation with this person. The only thing this dealership wanted was freaking appointments, leads. That's all they wanted. They wanted ups, leads. Ups, not, not opportunities, just leads. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, quantity over quality, right? Um, I, I think uh, you, you, you nailed it on the head. 
Um, I guess the idea for a BDC manager or director or whatever you want to call it uh, is just to find the balance between the expectation uh, of the dealer. Okay, listen, first things first, um, I personally am totally against uh, whether other people are doing it or not. This is not a judgment. I am totally uh, against uh, BDCs doing private sale calls. Um, BDC is not a private sale company. They're, they're well, the, I'm, the me- I'm not a fan of private sales at all. So, <laughs> I, Monthly private sales. I mean, you, you have how many there's, people There's nothing fucking private about it. Yeah, well, this problem. I'm like, there's nothing fucking <laughs> private about it. Like, so I asked someone the other day, like, oh, Jason, we're doing a private sale. That's cool. When are you doing it? And they're like, up Saturday from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. And I'm it's like, not that's not fucking private. It's open to like, the it's, public. It's, it's, like, it's when you're normally open. Like, what the hell? Like, let's just, like, yeah, don't, I, like, customers aren't stupid. Don't yeah. call it something that it actually ain't. There, there's right. nothing private about it can someone walk off the street and and participate oh yeah of course don't call it a private sale then correct and i and i think uh again to to our discussion i think that's again that's another this we're on the third or fourth but this is another um big advantage that you can have when your marketing and bdc are working cohesively like there's nothing wrong with a, a marketing manager okay first of all not a lot of people have the experience that you have, which is why I have the utmost respect for you, 100%. Well, thank you. Hands down, bro. No, but I'm serious. I talk to a lot of people, and let me tell you, not everybody has an orange tie, right? So, um, uh, an orange tie. That's <laughs> loud as me. I got that one. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, I, I just, most marketing people that I've met um, are generalists. They know their stuff a lot more than me, all right? Sure. But... I mean, I've also learned from interacting with them, right? I understand bounce rates. I understand the analytics. Basically, Google Analytics, um, I speak to a lot of BDC managers on LinkedIn and stuff. I am still puzzled how people are lost, um, but how can you not know how many people were on your website? How can you not? You you are just as much as responsible to get yep. the information over to the marketing guy and let him help. He, he's not a BDC guy. How does he know? He, yep. he did he did this awesome you know the illustration with with fancy numbers and gadgets and it's really cool no it's really cool but how does he know if it really worked well it's no, well it's not like they don't care um <laughs> well, it's no, possible let's just call, no let's just call it is what it is okay? yeah but it comes down it, to culture most Jason. most, most down to culture most marketing companies only care about what they do up until the ad engagement they could care less now some of them will 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 talk about okay well here's the website engagement but yeah. then how many people will actually want to know how the website engagement got translated into the dealership engagement? Yeah, and this is right. exactly it, why. Sorry, no one wants to take responsibility for that. They don't. Yeah, and like, you know what? You know what, Jason? And, and you're actually right. And uh, unfortunately, I've broken a lot of eggs, not a few, um, because I guess you could say that my. I don't really want to necessarily say my personality is larger than life, but I ask the right questions. The f- you want me to tell you, man? Like I ask the right <laughs> questions. <laughs> We were at forty thousand last year, and on on our websites, forty thousand visits or sessions, and we're at thirty two thousand. What the hell happened? And it gets so defensive. I'm like, it's a legitimate question. Yeah. Like I don't understand. So, um, there's nothing wrong with a marketing um, a manager, or whatever you want to call them, not knowing everything. And it's nothing wrong with a BDC manager not knowing everything. It's the relationship, or I should. It all comes back down to the culture of the building. Mm-hmm. 
what what kind of message are we sending to everybody like you said before everybody is in their own compartment and we meet up once every three months at the bar at the Senka set or is this something that we're consistently sitting down doing and I decided, I decided to from my point of view uh, and I guess this is where the pioneer part comes from I got so frustrated over literally 17 years that I just decided you know what I'm gonna fucking learn everything I want to learn everything because I want to be the glue that holds it together. And if I have to work 10 times harder than everybody, so be it. So essentially when I'm with my friends, because <laughs> when you say BDC to people like, hey, Sean, what do you want to, what do you do? I'm a BDC director at uh, Mercedes-Benz. They're like, okay, well, what is that? So hard to explain. <laughs> like what? So essentially I tell them, I ensure operational efficiency throughout the multiple business units in my organization. Yep. Um, through the use of data analytics and human contact, um, I just kind of bring it all together and come up with certain strategies that I will propose to the other departments. So whether they want it or not, I have daily, weekly, and f***ing monthly reporting that comes to them before they even ask for it. Mm -hmm. um, what I'd like to say, the responsibility, so that's what I do. My responsibility, um, is, and I think every BDC manager, if they're not doing this, they should get off the ass and do it because no one's ever going to bring anything to the BDC. It's like this mystical department in the corner somewhere, and you know you got to you got to be proactive. You got to go after it yourself. You have 100%. to hundred percent, and you you have to be the person that's going to build the communication bridges across digital marketing, website, use of Google Analytics, service, sales. CSI as well as the technology systems CRM phone system chat um, and you have to align all of these with your company expectation and the purpose of why you come to work well that's the expectation and purpose it's at the core of it you know and we, it needs it needs to be defined from the top and work its way all the way down mm -hmm. you know I'm, I, Inclusion as well, not just define, but inclusion. Oh, a hundred percent. Like, like do, I, do I have my place in the boardroom? Yes. You know what? I, I was at a dealership the other day. You would have loved this. Uh, the new car manager, the used car manager, the BDC manager, and the service manager all actually sat in the same room together. Absolutely. Like yeah. uh, that was that made so much sense to me. That's actually where their office was. Of course. Now they had other places throughout the dealership that they could work, but yeah. that's actually where their 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 core office was. And it just made sense though that just they, that this dealership identified that there was an island issue, right? Yeah. And they said just enough's enough. I'm literally going to force them to all actually sit in the exact same room. Yeah, it was awkward in the beginning, um, but you know, eventually they kind of grown accustomed to it. Now they have these just day to day normal conversations about, hey, what's going on over there? Hey, I I, I have this. Is there anything? Hundred percent. Fifteen minutes scrums. Fifteen minutes scrums. Yeah. So. Across the board, if anybody's listening, just to give ideas, you have to speak daily with your parts manager. Yes. What's going on on the parts shelves? Uh, like, it's money just sitting there. What do you mean you have over 400 or orders? Like, are, do these things, are, are they attached to appointments? No. Give me the goddamn list. There's your calling campaign right there. There you go, right there. I mean, just that in itself, how much revenue is generated? So, I'm not a parts master, but, I mean, if the parts are doing parts to service one-to-one -one ratios like what's a parts to a customer 1.5 maybe one to two i mean possibly yes 
there's your money right there. Hundred percent. We're always like marketing. Come on, let's do some kind of big campaign. What are you talking about? It's on the shelf. But that's also like someone at the dealership has to be the glue. Someone has to keep everyone together like that. Yeah, man. You know, they they can't just be. You know, the, these everyone needs needs to have a collective goal and objective. And for some reason, you know, we, we seem to want to pin departments against each other. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, well, you know, you know the, service, the service department's looking at a 15% increase this month. Then the new fire department's down six. I don't know. What are you, what are you guys doing up there? It's like, are you buddy kidding exactly. me? Exactly. Like, yeah. let's, let's look at the overall increase and how everyone is putting in their efforts to get to that, get to yeah, that place. So well said. So with regards to accountability, what I've managed to do is, again, probably experience, but I've, I can literally walk into and I separate sales, new car and used car, totally different animals. Uh, so I have a new car manager I deal with, used mm-hmm. car manager, CSI, all the CSI cases come to me, all of them. Why? Because we're managing a process and the CSI is my report card. So why would the CSI go anywhere else than outside of the person that's orchestrating the process? Yeah, you're the hub of communication for the dealership. Of course. Like, you're going to try and call the service manager while he has five, six, seven advisors, a bunch of customers waiting outside his office, the phone ringing, the area manager coming to see him, the GM coming to see him. Like, that's not going to happen, dude. Send Send it my way and let me deal with him. So I'm just trying to basically be the conduit of information for all department heads. And that's what I mean by building bridges. And that is where my success has come from. Um, this is a, a big part of my career. This is also where I have established my own KPIs and my own targets. Because I know what's possible when you work as a unit. And I got into a point right now where, like I was saying before, this is my fourth BDC build. There's six campaigns that it BDC service should be doing that are just that that's just what we do it's it's the bare minimum right I've grown mm-hmm. it to 11 which I won't say here because you could pay me for that <laughs> but there's, 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 that'll, that'll, that'll be the next podcast that's, sure. that's, <laughs> but there's six real real touch points that every BDC should be doing and that in itself if you're getting a strong agent you have a good salary in place with a good performance bonus the BDC should actually pay for itself. It should uh, be a, 100%. a self-sustaining department. So it's no longer like, oh, that's BDC, they're a cost. No, that's BDC, they're making you money. Well, and that and that's what we kind of need to do. And it's actually probably a great, for us, a great spot for us to kind of stop there because I know we're going to do definitely more of these. But, you know, it, it all kind of comes back to the BDC being a hub of communication efforts. 100%. And, and not just our communication efforts with our, uh, with our clients, new and potential, or existing and potential, uh, but also a, a communication hub and kind of the glue within each department. So, you know, communications to the marketing department, to the yeah. service department, to the parts department, the new use, collision, whatever it is, it just it has to be a hub of communication. And that commitment, that commitment to that continued communication is where we see dealerships really, really strive and take off. Mm-hmm. Sean, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, jam with me, dude. This was so much fun. For everybody who's listening and watching right now, we'd love to connect with you and learn more about what you do. Uh, what's the best place to do so? Uh, right now, it would be just hit me up on my LinkedIn page. There's a lot of cool stuff coming for 2020, like with regards to reaching out to me. But right now, the best thing to do would just be hit me up on LinkedIn. I, I answer everybody's questions. <laughs>
<laughs> thanks, Sean. I'm looking forward to doing this again soon. Thanks, Jason. Thanks for having me again. We covered a bunch of great topics today. What stood out most to you? Be sure to let us know in the comment section below. And don't forget to like the post and share it to keep the conversation going. You can follow Jason on all social media platforms by following Strategy with Jason. You can find him pretty well everywhere you can share content. I hope we were able to get you thinking. And until the next time, have a great day. Mm-hmm.